For more than 25 years, Atlanta has tuned into my straightforward financial advice. I'm Dr. Gene Hensler, and this is Money Talks, Atlanta's longest-running and most respected money show on radio. My staff and I will give you fact-based, no-nonsense answers to your financial questions. To have your questions answered on the air, send them to me, Dr. Gene at Hensler.com. That's D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. This broadcast of Money Talks originally aired Saturday, February 3rd, 2018. The only thing we have to fear the economic health of this nation has been essential economic freedom. The excessive decline in the dollar. Late rally on Wall Street. Welcome. This is Money Talks. Good morning, good morning. You're listening to Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon. And why does it always seem that thing just will not fade? All right. User error. Uh, well, you know, I, I'm just push the buttons You'd think here. you'd know once a week. Yeah, but it, <laughs> it's supposed to fade. That voice of heckling in the background is... Shauna Theriault, and uh, thanks, Shauna. Sure. <laughs> I always love to get one in on you, Troy. Uh, yeah, well, you know, I'm, I'm tough enough it's to all take it, fun. I guess. It is, sure. Uh, Shauna is a uh, managing associate. i got another managing associate here from our planning and implementation department, DJ Barker. Hello, hello. DJ that Barker. Sounds, that That's sounds Barker like a with talk an R. show host right there. That is. Yeah, he well, could do the fade, I bet. He could. He, I mean, if he was born want, to do the fade. It's pushing a button. I think I can handle it. Well, I, you well, push. Troy one, cannot. I had to push two buttons, though. If it doesn't fade, you have to push another button. Was was that button Gee, one? Yes. Hey, let's do this all over. I'm just going to start over. It's just <laughs> the kind of treatment I'm like. I get. said, user error. The wrong button was user pushed. User error. All right, uh, please. Uh, Shut Shauna's microphone off, and we'll continue the show without her. <laughs> uh, anyway, so uh, this is a show where we talk about the financial markets, financial planning, and uh, answer as many of your questions as we can get to. Um, so, guys, big thing in our world, the stock market, uh, we're still up huge, although we did have kind of a rough little bump there. A little bit of rough this sledding week. this week. It's the uh, first time in a while that we've yeah. seen the market go down at all we did have one instance last year where the market was down over a few days uh, 2.8 percent horrible horrible thing yeah yeah 2.8 percent yeah that's well, negative for the week now isn't it, it? is uh, down half a percent 0.57 percent over the last five days um yep. I, I say that jokingly that the market was down a horrible 2.8 percent in one short span last year um on average, we have three declines of approximately 5% or greater and 10% uh, in once every a year. year and about 10% once a year. So um, volatility has been very minimal. So uh, when we see instances of it, like we have over the last few days, um, we've grown accustomed to no volatility, so we cry like babies. Yeah. Period. <laughs> That's just how this works. Uh, looking deeper into the sectors over the last week, telecom, information technology, and financials were all positive, and that was it. Yeah. Financials were up 0.03%. Information technology, which just doesn't seem to be able to quit at all, is uh, up 0.49%, and telecom is up 2.26. It was a huge laggard last year, 
And uh, it, it's only got what, somewhere between three, I think it's three companies that are in that particular sector, ATT, Verizon, um, you know, those those are more or less the whole sector there. If you look on the far end of that, uh, materials was down 2.61%, energy down 1.96% on the week. But, again, let's get back to the positive for the year. The S&P 500 is up 5.57%. Not a, not a bad result in a month's bad. time, huh? Yeah. Uh, so uh, consumer discretionary has been the, the hot sector, 8.7% gain. Uh, utilities on the far end of that spectrum, negative 4.49. Uh, real estate's down as well, down 3.37%. So utilities gave up their whole gain year to date that they had last year, yeah. for the past trailing year. Yeah. Wow. They, yeah. It's. Uh, I mean, the thing of it is uh, utilities are sensitive to interest rates. Um, I mean, we got a note on interest rates. DJ, you brought this up before the show. Uh Looking deeper into my notes, where are we? Uh, interest year. rates, yeah, the yeah, two-year the... up six basis points, the five-year up ten, and these are all treasuries. Uh, the two years at 2.14 percent, the five years at 2.52 is up ten basis points or 0.1 percent this, this uh, week. Uh, ten years up 11 basis points, and then we had the 30-year at eight basis points higher, 0.08 percent at 2.96 percent. So. Uh, 30-year still under 3%, but barely. But a 30-year mortgage rose pretty significantly. DJ, this is the point you were making, four and a quarter, 4.27. And then uh, a jumbo with 20% down was up almost a third of a, well, a little better than a third of a yeah. percent, 37 basis points. Substantial. To 4.83%. So um, anytime interest rates increase, you see... Uh, utilities. Those, yeah, utilities and telecom usually move in the same direction. You can see uh, there's probably something else going on in telecom. I couldn't tell you off the top of my head, but uh, it is earnings season. And uh, when earnings are released, then uh, company prices quite often move. Uh, we've got uh, a little bit of news on that. 228 of the 500 S&P 500 stocks have uh, released earnings uh, so far. Um Earnings growth, 14.81%. That is pretty substantial. 201% increase in energy sector mm. alone. Wow. Uh, that's after eight of 32 companies have uh, have reported earnings. Uh, and that's driving a lot of it. But, uh, you know, you can look further into it. Information technology, uh, earnings growth at this point in the, in the uh, cycle, in the process of earnings reporting, 28% higher. Um, some of the other high, uh, highlights, um, we've got consumer discretionary, which I said on the initial that that was the big winner for the week. But consumer discretionary stocks uh, reported 5.5% sales growth, top line, and then uh, earnings growth of 19.8%. That, too, is is uh, uh, pretty amazing. Now, what's even more amazing to me is uh, materials, stocks, 12 of the 25 in the S&P 500 have reported they're all very small. The sector makes up less than 4% of the overall index. They're up 52.3%. And what did I say? They had done year-to-date. We're negative on the week, oh, right? Yes, negative yeah. on the week. Yeah, so uh, pretty strange that you'd have earnings so substantially higher. And, you know, you get... For the year, they're up 2.78, though. Yeah. about That's still only about half yeah. of the overall index growth, right? Right. 
a little bit strange, um, but I, I think that's probably just a, uh, a kind of an indication of where we are in the business cycle, to be honest. Uh, you usually see um, as interest rates rise, you know, inflation is the reason that they do. The Fed kicks up rates to try to beat down inflation. Um, what are materials? They're the inputs to the to the um, uh, manufactured, produced goods that uh, that our economy creates. And um, when their prices go up, usually it's a, a sign of kind of the end of the cycle. You're getting a little bit closer. Now, I'm not calling. Don't. Are you don't, calling it? Don't. Here we go. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> you know me. I'm Mr. Up more often, way more often yeah. than it's down. Um, I'm uh, I'm not calling for anywhere close to a recession, but it wouldn't be surprising to me if we see Slowly. interest rates rise mm-hmm. in response to inflation, both of which increase the costs on corporations, and they do tend to usher in a recession. Do we see that on the horizon? No, not yet. I think fundamentals in the economy are still pretty solid. And speaking of that economy, let's get into some of the details we saw this week. Uh, U.S. personal income accelerated to 0.4% in uh, December, um, beating the the gain of 0.3% in November. Um, You know, if you look, wages and salaries rose 0.5%, which was better than November as well. Uh, the one drag in this was propri- proprietors. Boy, that's easy for me to say. Proprietors' <laughs> income was a notable drag. It declined by 0.1 percent. So, business owners got a bit of a haircut. Uh, personal savings rate slid as well, 2.4 percent. Shauna, you got to make some phone calls. People got to save money, otherwise right. you got nothing that's to plan right. for. That's right. That's right. Uh, now, are these numbers? Do they look at before tax? I think it's, it's so uh, the tax rates number. adjusted well, this month or last paycheck. Well, let's face it, February when we yeah. you know we're into February now. Um, the fact that they're taking home more money, this is when you, Shauna, need to make some phone calls That's and right. tell people <laughs> send your money to your to your uh, accounts to That's save right. that yeah, retirement money. plans. Right. That's, That's right. right. Save for retirement. Put it in your brokerage account. Whatever you want to do, but uh, save that money. So. Uh, 2.4% in December, down just a little bit from the 2.5. Um, Case-Shiller uh, home price index, pretty much across the board, everything was up on a year-on-year basis, around 6%. Uh, conference board, this is very important to our economy. Uh, the index rose, and this time it's a little bit different. We see uh, uh, the present situation index took a little bit of a slide um, 1.2 points, uh, and then uh, the the forecast or expectations on economic uh, situation actually improved. It's been just the opposite of that for the last few months, but uh, the fact that uh, we had tax cuts probably is, is impacting the sentiment and the consumer as well. Um, if you talk to them about plans, their purchasing plans, automobile purchases are, uh, are expected um, coming up. With uh, most of these, um, the, the pollsters at least from the conference board have uh, indicated, but home purchasing is is a little bit less. All right, guys, we're going to take a real quick break. Uh, we'll be right back. We'll have a dog of the week, and then we'll get to some of your questions. Stick around. You're listening to Money Talks.
time for the Dog of the Week. I'm not even going to try to fade, fade this time. No, that don't fade do it. Let it go. Just... Yeah. Are you talking about my haircut or are you talking about <laughs> the music? Oh, oh, your hair. I'm sorry. I was... Yeah. All right. So I'm just letting it go. You hear that? It's just going and still going. All right. I've had enough. Fade already. Um, you're listening to Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon, the one that's just yammering on about nothing. Uh, and I'm here with... Uh, Sean Theri Alton, DJ Barker. It is the dog of the week, and what is the dog oh, of the week? Oh, we can't wait for this. Well, it's uh, it's really about our industry, the financial advisor industry, and uh, the headline uh-huh. reads: Finra officially frowns on financial advisors posing as rivals and looking for sex on Craigslist. Uh, what? Oh. Yeah, exactly. So here's what happened. Um, this uh, this is from a couple of weeks ago, actually, so it's the dog of last week, if you want to just really get technical. But uh, the uh, the financial industry is self-regulated by uh, the Financial Industry Regulatory Authority, and it's suspending and fining a gentleman named Paul Beatonball, former registered uh, representative with Edward Jones, for impersonating and a uh, competing advisor and using that advisor's information to create explicit internet ads oh seeking goodness. sexual encounters with other men. That sounds like it should be more of like a criminal investigation yeah. versus yeah, well, a FINRA investigation. You probably could make that case. So civil here, here's what happened. And we'll just call them, because I don't want to keep up with the names, we'll say Mr. A, Mr. B, and Mrs. B, although the two Mr. and Mrs. are not related or married either one. <laughs> so here's the case. You got a guy who gets fired from his Edward Jones job. He moves down the road a half a mile. He can't contact his previous clients. The folks at Edward Jones, the the, uh, broker where he previously worked, um, decided because he took a couple of their clients, although he wasn't supposed to, they contacted him and he was able to land them as clients. Uh, He put an ad, the, the... the company he left put an ad in the paper um, making a, a statement, uh, is your broker giving you the cold shoulder? Um, and basically was trying to make sure that no one went with this guy who just had been fired from their company. Uh, but when he was able to get some of their clients away, uh, and and I guess to the, to the uh, disappointment of Mrs. B at this point, um, Mr. B decided he was going to come in and protect her, unbeknownst to her. He put an ad on Craigslist, used the guy's new phone number and his physical location, soliciting whatever. And supposedly the guy was inundated with calls, which tells you who's on Craigslist, right? I mean, I guess lonely folks looking for love. Oh, uh, my goodness. Uh, reality is, Finner says that this is all illegal. Wow. Amazing, huh? That's shocking. <laughs> anyway, that's, uh, that's what I got for you on our dog of the week this week. Um, that sounds like a soap opera, really. Uh, it sounds like it is. <laughs> Ridiculous. This happened out in Sacramento. Uh, uh you know, so it was, uh. California. Uh, reported on the deal breaker. Um. 
anyway, just nuts. Sometimes even our industry has crazy things that go on. Wow. There you go. Shauna. <laughs> that's that's fantastic. Thanks. Thanks, Rick. Yeah. All right. So, so we're going to talk about the changes in kitty tax. <laughs> yeah. Well, yes. segue. On Thank to – <laughs> That was just like a bulldozer. After the awkward silence, (laughs) let's move on. And uh, the the situation we do have to talk about today is is concerning something that our newly changed TAC regulations uh, have actually impacted. Um, It is called the kitty tax. And I guess probably a lot of folks have used this in the past as as a strategy to lower their um, taxable income. Shauna, you're the CPA here. You tell us. But uh, the thing, the thing that is is used is they push off some of their income to their children, uh, assuming that their children have a lower tax rate than their own, right. uh, which allows them to get a bit of a break on their taxes. Which they would think that that would work, but it didn't. <laughs> so in, in it, 17, whoops. usually, right. you know, there's a threshold that if they have a certain amount of unearned income, that's income from investments such as dividends, capital gains, et cetera, um, that they could do that. But the majority of it was taxed at the parent's rate. Right. So uh, so they failed in that correct strategy to, to and, beat the system. Right. And, and then sometimes you, you put it in a custodial account, which we'll get to in a minute, and now you've also given them money that maybe you didn't want them to have right when they turn 18 or 21. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or uh, even younger. I mean, can they do it? As well. Well, it'd be, well, it'd be a custodian. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Right, so it was right, right. still controlled by the controlled parent by if a, they yeah. gave it to them before the age of consent or 18. Right? Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. So the new tax rules. So basically, you know, they had a threshold of up to twenty one hundred dollars um, and anything above that. This was last year's tax rules. Anything above twenty one hundred dollars was taxed at the parent's rate. So if the parents were at 37, they would 37 percent. They would immediately jump to 37 percent. Now the new tax rates, they still have the 2100 threshold, but anything above that is taxed at trust tax rates. So there's a percentage at 10 percent, a percentage at 24 percent. It's a tiered system versus jumping straight to the parents. Right. Now that's that may not be more beneficial. For the majority of the accounts, it will be. It just depends on where your income is because a trust gets to a higher income bracket quicker than an individual. But depending on, you know, where the parents versus the trust tax, you know, you you could have so much income and shares and dividends before you get to that highest tax bracket. So by quicker, you mean that before the the money gets too much bigger, you get in a higher tax bracket Correct. as a trust. Correct. Oh, boy, did I ever make that clear as much. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, the, the trust basically gets to the highest tax bracket when it has income of twelve thousand, a little over 12000 Right. So, you know, whereas an individual or a joint, it's, it, you know, Way beyond 400000 where, yes. wherever what well, was last year. I don't know exactly where it is this year. So it, it, it gets to the highest tax bracket quicker much in the tiers. Faster. But it still is, you know, advantageous. You know, the majority of individuals, this the effects, it will cut their taxes. So you can still push off what at least twelve thousand before you get to the top. Is that is exactly that the situation? It, okay. yes? And yes, based on the trust, that's so correct. You can save a little. It works. <laughs> strangely enough, it works better now than it would have in two thousand seventeen. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah, this tax thing is still. I mean, it's really easy to get confused. In two thousand eighteen, you're filling out two thousand seventeen taxes, right. so we're living under the old rules. And twenty sixteens for disaster areas, including Georgia, 
their their tax deadline was January 31st. It was extended for 16. So we right. had CPAs that just wrapped up 16 yeah. that are starting to think about 17, and they're having to digest 18 for planning purposes. So. Yeah. You know, they're going to be busy this year for sure. Right. Uh, you mentioned planning purposes, and that's really the biggest reason that we've been talking about all these new tax changes over the last few weeks is because it's very, very important for you to, uh, whether you understand them or not, at least find somebody, a professional that can help you plan for 2018 because when you get to the end of the year, it's quite often too late for you to change things that you've done you right. know, over the past 12 months in, right. in just a short period of time. So. Uh, while you're getting those 17 taxes done, it would be very wise of you to see if you can take a few moments of your your CPA or your tax um, uh, preparer's time and uh, find out exactly what's in store for this year and, and forward. Yes, it's going to look very different, so that is a good time to do that. Right. Uh, Shauna, anything else we need to add or DJ? Well, I think on one thing Shauna and I spoke about you know, off off the radio was that in the situation we're talking about now, this was an inheritance to a child. So the child is going to be earning this income. Um, the intent, I think, with the, the grandfather was intending to send the grandchild to college. There are different ways to plan for college and to plan for even when the child, this grandchild, reaches the age of majority, when she's an adult, you know, be it 18 or 24, She's going to inherit this money, and then she's going to have a half a million dollars, and is she going to be mature enough to have that type of asset? Are you telling me 18-year-olds may not be mature enough to handle a lump sum? I mean, you were, obviously, yes. when you were 18. of course. But the majority, the I'm sure, is, are. I don't have the lump sum. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah. So I still have both of those quarters. How responsible was I, right? I mean, so I think that's what we need to talk through is that, like you just said, planning. What is the intent with the money that we're leaving? What is the intent with what we're going to do? And how can we plan appropriately to to achieve that goal long term? Right. Though it's an inheritance, it's a blessing, great. We're going to have to worry about taxes at, for, a, for a child. But there may be some different ways to plan, and you really have to think through that now before you know you get to a situation where you have to think about taxes well exactly well and grandparents you need to think about when you're to dj's point you know you're you're doing your wills and you're leaving it to your children well in the event that maybe your child isn't alive or you leave it directly to a grandchild maybe their heirs get it make sure you think about putting it in trust so that those kids don't get it when they're 18 or 21 years old yeah you have a lot more control over it than than just giving it in a lump sum exactly Um, it could be dispersed over a long period based on how you designate it versus just outright and maybe even start at a at a specific age instead of you know the the age of consent or you know whatever that might be absolutely All right, guys, well, let's uh, take a real quick break here. Uh, We'll come right back. We'll get to your financial questions. Stick around. You're listening to Money Talks. When you have money, you start investing in your future. When you start investing in your future, you start worrying you'll make mistakes. Oops. When you start worrying you'll make mistakes, you can't sleep at night and watch infomercials. Pick up cat hairs from clothes. When you watch infomercials, you think you can get rich by placing tiny classified ads in newspapers. 
when you place tiny classified ads in newspapers, you subscribe to those papers to make sure your ad is running. When you subscribe to a bunch of newspapers, they pile up at your house, making it look like you're not home. When you look like you're not home, Girl Scouts don't come to your door. When Girl Scouts don't come to your door, you don't get to buy Girl Scout cookies. Don't miss out on Girl Scout cookies. Get rid of get-rich-quick schemes from infomercials and upgrade to Money Talks. This is Money Talks. We're back. You're listening to Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon here with Sean Othario and DJ Barker. And uh, we just filled you up with some serious knowledge about the kitty tax and the changes that we've seen in uh, our taxes. See, this thing is just not fading stuff. On and on and on. Yeah, but more importantly, when are we getting our Girl Scout cookies? Well, um, it is Girl Scout yes. cookie season. Uh, I think the first wave of orders was, um, you know, it was the end of last month. Uh, so just a few days ago. But um, you should be getting your Girl Scout cookies soon. We'll say okay. within the month. Hopefully you froze enough from last year. You still have a few <laughs> left. There's over. some reserves at the bottom <laughs> yeah. of the barrel. I, mean, that, that, I know a lot of folks that actually do that, but... Uh, Anyway, let's get to some financial questions. Before we do that, let's give folks a way that they can get in touch with us. Probably the absolute best way is to call our question hotline at 1-855-429-9166 where you can record your question. We listen to it, answer it on the air uh, after we play it back. Um, You can also give us a call and talk to a human being at 770-429-9166. Uh, or you can email us at drgene at hensler.com. That is D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. I think that's probably about the best spelling I've done in a long time. It's been Wonderful. pretty amazing, right? <laughs> uh, anyway, if, uh, if you would like to answer your own question through some of the information that we've provided, you can also go to our website at hensler.com, H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com, and... Uh, we have quite a few uh, scenarios. If it's a pretty broad topic, you may find your answer there. But uh, feel free to, to uh, check it out and, and um, give us any feedback you might. But uh, we do have a question today from John from Alpharetta. Uh, John says, uh, um, Vanguard Intermediate, Intermediate Term Treasury Index Fund seeks to track the performance of the Bloomberg Barclays U.S. Treasury 3 to 10 year index. I have very little money in bonds and believe we are in a rising interest rate environment. Long term bonds are a horrible investment in this environment. Uh, Short term bonds uh, pay almost no interest. If I'm willing to keep money invested for at least 10 years, are medium term bond funds okay for a rising interest rate environment? Um, well, you know, there's, there's a quite a bit that we could talk about here. Uh, number one, we actually prefer bonds over bond funds, uh, because of the fact that when you are investing your money in a bond fund, especially in a rising rate environment, and, uh, I would argue that three to 10 is actually giving you exposure to the longer, mm-hmm. uh, maturity, the longer end of the yield curve, um, then you might realize uh, as as bond yields rise, bond prices fall, your, uh, the value of your bond fund is very likely to fall. Now, why do we like individual bonds? An individual bond is a contract between the issuer and the purchaser. 
um, or the lender in this case. It's basically what it makes you, right? Right. Uh, you're an investor, but you're lending money. You're expecting to get a certain interest rate back in return. But uh, some of the characteristics are you have known cash flows. And as long as that issuer does not default, you're going to get your interest payment on time at a specified amount, and it's not going to change. Uh, that generally for a bond happens every six months, uh, twice a year. Um, at the end of that uh, contract or bond, uh, the maturity date, you also get your final interest payment plus your principal back. That being the case, think about it. If you invest and you know your your interest rate uh, at purchase is going to be, let's just call it 2% in the current market. It sounds low, but it's kind of what we deal with sometimes. Higher quality. Right. Shorter and, term. Right. Exactly. Um, you know, so you're talking about a 2% return on your bond investment, it's going to be very near 2%, no matter what. So, you know, the market might fluctuate back and forth. So the values will fluctuate. The value will fluctuate. You'll see it uh, change probably on your statement, your monthly statement. But in, in reality, nothing changes. Your cash flows are known uh, as to uh, the the amount and the timing of when you're going to receive them. Uh, so, you know, you can kind of weather the storm of a rising interest rate market at that time. Um, it's not all bonds, right, Troy? I mean, though you said individual bonds, I mean, there are still bonds out there that are higher risk than others. There so are. we need to make sure we're doing the research on it's not just, okay, well, this is a corporate, so I'm not right. going to buy this bond fund, but here's a corporate bond that I'm going to buy. Well, depending on that type of product, you've right. got to really do your research. It could be no low doubt. quality. That is true, and uh, usually we use uh, rating agency uh, information to determine what we would call higher low quality. Usually we buy in the top three ratings from both S&P or Moody's. Uh, the problem is uh, what we've been recommending lately is uh, not so much corporate bonds, which do have that uh, that credit risk attached right. um, relative to a treasury. Uh, what we've been buying is either a treasury or a, uh, a municipal over the long term, but lately we've been getting better rates, better yields in uh, CDs, certificates mm -hmm. of deposit. And they're not the CDs that you can go to your bank and buy, by the way. It's Brokered CDs. Yeah, brokered CDs, yeah, meaning I, they're traded on an exchange. Yeah. And an idea, John, if you know we're in a in, in rising interest rate environment, obviously short-term bonds are, are returning very low. I wouldn't personally want to be in bond funds in a in rising interest rate environment. You know, you could look at laddering some, depending on how much you have. You said you have very little. Um, not sure what very little is to you because you have to buy a minimum of 1000 in one bond. Right. But you could look at doing, you know, some short term, maybe six months, nine months, a year, so that as interest rates go up, you can take advantage and it comes mature and reinvest it into something higher. But then lock out something, you know, no longer than three to five years, so that way you get a little bit of a boost on the long end. And I say long end, it's still short term. But in this interest rate environment, I wouldn't want to go out longer than five years. Right. You know, because well, we do think interest rates are going up. Yeah, and I can just tell you because I look at the yield curve quite a bit, and what do I mean by the yield curve? It's basically if you, um, you know, cross the left side of the page, so going up is going to be the interest rate. Across the bottom of the page is the time till maturity. Uh, the further out the yield curve you get, meaning two-year uh, two relative to a 10-year, the 10-year should be yielding a higher amount. Right. So I notice that it's pretty steep until you get to about the five-year level. And then from a five-year to a seven-year or a 10-year, 
Uh, just for instance, this past week I saw I could get CDs at 2.65% in a five-year, but if I go out to a 10-year, I get 2.75, double the time that I'm going to be locked up in that bond and get 0.1% more. It really, you know, the risk that you take there is just as Shauna was describing. The risk here is that rates increase to the point where, um, you know, you're locked up in that 10-year bond at 2.75 and, you know, rates uh, even down the down the curve, like a five-year goes to 3%. What are you doing now? You've got a bond that you've locked up. Uh, in that instance, if you had to sell it to get a higher interest rate, you're going to lose money uh, because you're going to have to sell it bond at a lower rate than its face value, its issued value. So um, uh, bonds can be quite complicated. If you, uh, if you have specific, specific questions about your portfolio or your bond uh, portfolio or the potential for buying bonds or even a bond fund, we'd love to talk to you. You can call us at 770-429-9166. Ask for DJ or Shauna, and uh, either one of them could help you out. Um, so here's the one thing I do want to tell you. What happens after yields rise? We just described this. You know, it's, a, it's an increase in cost for corporations. They go up. Who knows how far they go up or how long it takes them to go up? Uh, I did note that uh, the, the Federal Reserve uh, Open Markets Committee this week had uh, had a meeting, they came out and said they weren't going to in- raise interest rates, which is kind of the, the benchmark for all other bonds. But uh, we do expect three uh, rate increases right. in 2018. Uh, if you look at just the numbers, it shows March, uh, June, and then again in December. Which an intermediate uh, bond fund could get hurt. It would. Mm-hmm. Uh, intermediate, now when you're talking about 10-year, as I just said, you know, some of those bonds are not paying that much more than a five, but uh, they have more sensitivity. We call it duration, you know, right. in, in the industry, but it's sensitivity to interest rate changes. So uh, if you assume 0.75% increase in a short period of time, um, you know, if your your bond is at uh, a 10-year, usually it's about three-fourths of that is the duration. So seven and a half times Three-quarters of a percent is pretty much how much you could lose in a short period of time in a bond fund uh, of this stature now. Which you want it to be safe because it's in a bond fund. That is true. Uh, What I would tell you is if you waited a little longer until you did see some of those bond uh, yields increase, maybe buying it later. Uh, You know, you buy those at, at kind of the top of the market. It's not something still that we talk about uh, trying to, to game and, and time, but uh, still right. a different strategy. All right, we're going to take a real quick break. You're listening to Money Talks. We'll be right back. Talks. I'm Troy Harmon here with DJ Barker and Sean Theriotz. Switched it up there a little bit. Did you guys? That was that? dollar bill kind of music right there. That's well, good. yeah, Bill likes him some <laughs> some uh, different music, but uh, Macklemore, you know, I'm not a fan of his politics, but I'll listen to his music. And uh, I'm all about popping some tags. I'm I'm about the thrift store. <laughs> the guys down in research ask me if I'm if I've been to the mall lately, and what they mean is, have you been to Goodwill lately? Because <laughs> hey. 
I buy some tools from just about anywhere else. Uh, I do have well, a history a place of to get tools. Yeah. tool purchasing. Yeah, so anyway, I don't buy much else there. All right, uh, let's get back to the questions again. If you uh, would like to have us answer your question, you can call us, 770-429-9166, where you can talk to a human being. You can call it and leave a, leave a uh, recording on our question hotline, 1-855-429-9166. Or email us at drgene at hensler.com. Again, that's spelled H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R. So uh, we've got a question here from Scott from Decatur. Said, I wanted to check in with you on Archer Dan- Daniels Midland. I uh, bought it a few years ago on, a, on your recommendation. Okay. Uh, what are your opinions on this holding? Um, let's go through uh, a little bit first. Uh, the ticker on Archer Daniels Midland is ADM. Uh, they're a processor of corn, uh, wheat, cocoa, uh, oil seeds, and uh, other agricultural commodities. Uh, they're in the consumer staple sector, but they sound a whole lot like materials. A lot of these, uh, a lot of their their uh, products wind up on your table, maybe not um, uh, identified as ADM. Uh, products, but uh, nonetheless, that's where they come from. Uh, Over the past five years, ADM earnings have grown at 0.89%, not a a huge amount. Uh, Long-term growth expectations, this is is, uh, kind of an indication of where analysts overall believe they're going, 8.5%. The company's a bit expensive when you look at the uh, PEG ratio, which is the forward PE divided by the growth rate. Now, let me explain a little bit what forward P.E. It's the current price divided by uh, earnings expected over the next 12 months. You take that number and then you divide it by the expected growth rate. In this case, would have been the 8.5%. You get a number, 2.06. We actually like to buy companies when the the, uh, valuation on the PEG ratio is around 1%. Uh, so you can tell this is twice that much, pretty expensive. Uh, dividends have been growing like crazy. Uh, they pay out about 55.5% of all their earnings in a dividend, uh, current yielding uh, over 3%. Uh, it's well covered, meaning that the earnings have uh, have um, more than covered the amount that's paid out in dividend. You could probably also derive that from that payout ratio I gave you a little bit ago at 55.5%. The dividend coverage ratio is 1.8. So anytime it's uh, better than one, we believe that it's well covered. Um, all things considered, uh, you know, I, I like this space right now. We heard uh, materials are falling off, but again, this is a consumer staple. It's uh, it's generally a, a conservative company. The P/E ratio at 17.3 is significantly below the overall market. Um, this is one of those things. And when we talk about staples, it's companies that produce products that you're going to buy no matter what. No matter what. Yeah. So recession you know, even during recession. a recession, these. Toothpaste, toothbrush. These tend to be a lot more conservative, uh, and actually, I like the space right now. Mm. Um, you know, if uh, if you if it's up to me, you said you own it, I would say press on, keep owning. Press I, on. I like it. Or right. buy more. I mean, I would even recommend to buy here. So, um, you know, it's a good company, solid company, been around for a long time. Um, you know, it's it's got that general stability uh even in downturn which let's face it when uh information technology has been 
kicking tail like they have been for so long, this looks really, really boring. It's right. hard to own when you're looking at the rearview mirror and you see, you know, nothing but gains uh, over the past year. That's something to talk about because, again, I mean, the last couple of years, that's what we've been in. Yeah. And, you know, right. we, there's going to be a point when a 20% return with IT is not going to be there. Yeah. So you're going to have to have some of this, you know, investment in your portfolio right this is the reason we diversify. diversification yep. there you yeah. go you might want to sell a little bit of your information technology trim it back use some of those that's hard to do right you've had a good run it really it's, is. you got some gains i don't want to pay the taxes it's been You're a right. good run what if it goes up more yeah well what if it doesn't right it's not going to go up forever we know that <laughs> right we're going to have a there's, situation. So. There's one way to avoid paying taxes. Just let your portfolio fall apart. <laughs> yeah. Avoid the gains. Wait till they go down and then sell it. And then right? sell it. <laughs> you know, we have these conversations with clients, and, and uh, we have the same thought process as they do, uh, you know, from time to time. But the thing that that separates us from them is we're not emotional about their money. We're only emotional about no, our right. own, right? right? So it's real, and that's the reason you hire an advisor is to uh, get somebody in there that thinks more logically when they're talking about your stuff. Yeah, and if you're not looking at rebalancing your portfolio with the last few years of gains, it's a good opportunity to do that now. Absolutely, absolutely. I, IT was up 38% in 2017. If you just back it up a month and a half, to our election in 2016, financials were up a little bit less, but almost the same amount. So over 38% in the last you know year and two months, mm-hmm. uh, that's significantly Significant. more than we would ever expect uh, the stock market to, to give you in return. Last year, the S&P 500 as a whole gave us 21.8% return. That's Awesome. But didn't you say you guaranteed that this year, too? No. I don't guarantee anything. <laughs> I don't even guarantee that the sun's going to come up tomorrow. What I do guarantee <laughs> is two days ago we had a, a blood moon. That a was blue amazing. moon, blue. too. Yeah. Blue. January. We had a blue moon, meaning we had two full moons yes. in January. And uh, it was a blood moon. It was, uh, what is that one that's real close? I forget. And there was an eclipse in the moon, too. Yeah. Right, amazing. yeah. Well, we couldn't yeah. see it. Just the West Coast could. Yeah. Anyway, pretty amazing stuff. The Edward That's Jones pretty guy much. could see it. All I can couldn't. guarantee you is that we had a 21.8% return in the S&P 500 Last in year. 2017. <laughs> Going forward, I can tell you what the statistics are and what I believe will happen, but I'm not guaranteeing a thing. All right. All right, guys, let's move on. Uh, Renee from Mableton says, uh, Mom is getting older and doesn't like to be alone as much because of her limited mobility. Is a nursing home the only option for long-term care? This is assuming that you've bought long-term care insurance, right? Yes, or, you know, or um, for long-term care insurance, right? So so the policies, they cover home health care, um, some assisted living. It really depends on the policy, but... Home health care can be expensive, though, so you may end up using your benefits faster than you want to. Right. And, you know, if she's not getting around as much and she wants to be around people, you know, maybe she would want to go to some sort of facility. It doesn't sure. have to be nursing home. It could be somewhere where they, you know, have get-togethers and, you know, you get to sure. meet other Social people around events. you. 55 exactly. and over. Sure. That's right. That's right. But long-term care is not going to kick in until you have... You know, three of the seven right. events. What, exactly. What are, you can't dress yourself, feed yourself, bathe yourself, that kind of thing. Man, I'm almost there. <laughs> yeah. No? No. <laughs> okay. Uh, if you ask my wife, it wasn't the fade haircut agree. we were talking about. Yeah, well, uh, at least I still have barely enough to cut. Yeah. 
which is uh, is a plus. Some it days. is a plus, yeah. absolutely. I was talking to somebody this morning and told them that uh, I've still got as much hair as I've always had. It's just that it's Further shifted back. back on my forehead, <laughs> and some of it's even growing out my ears. So, you know, that's just the way it is. <laughs> All right, um, I don't think we have enough time for another call. So, uh, guys, what am I going to ask you? Shauna, is the market going to be up or down this week? I think it's going to be up. Uh, all right. Well, we had a bit of a pullback, and uh, that's so strange to us these days. DJ, what do you think? We're going to see a continuation. I love it. I'm saying up. Wow. Yeah. Uh, these people are folks of my own heart. I believe that the market will be up this week as well. Um, I really think that uh, overall our economic situation is uh, is beneficial. The fundamentals are solid. Uh, the only thing, and I've harped on this for a while now, the only thing that I see is the fact that valuations have gotten a bit, of ahead, a bit ahead of themselves. I will tell you that the earnings numbers that we talked about today, 14.5%, that's almost back to first quarter 2017 numbers, which were up 15.5%. So i got to tell you, Things are still looking pretty good. I wish earnings would catch us up on that P.E. ratio, and I'd be sorry. We'll talk to you next week. You're listening to Money Talks. All material presented is compiled from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decisions and is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified professional, such as a tax consultant, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.